Welcome to another Stay Woke Podcast presented by thesonicbreakdown.com. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for following. This is D-Ray Brinson. And we got your boy Ready in the studio again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me once again. So I I, I believe this is your third time in the Stay Woke uh, Podcast Dome, you know? <laughs> man, y'all know, man. Y'all got me addicted now. Got me on one. I have to come back and keep it going. Appreciate that. So, uh, you know, if he's here, you know what conversation this is going to be. Let's be real. <laughs> it's either going to be some sort of comic book or some sort of comic book movie. And we all know what just recently came out, X-Men Apocalypse. Yep. So, 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 so excited. Man. man, like, I was having this conversation not too long ago with my brother, man. I'm, I'm a little happy and disappointed all at the same time. We're with this movie. Like, I, I can't say I'll give it a better review than I would of Batman vs. Superman, but not much better. And I, I have to say that. Whoa! No, hold up, hold up. I, the, whoa, the reason whoa, why whoa, is, whoa, whoa, hold on. Run it back, run it back, run it back, run it back. Are you giving it that low of an expectation, or that low of a, of a review, or low of a score because your expectations weren't met? Or was because, like, if you take your expectations out of the equation, would you still rank it as low? Or would it just be as low? Be- is be- it wouldn't based be on as your- low. Okay. It wouldn't be as low. But Because my thing with Superman, Batman versus Superman, take my expectations in or out, it still wasn't a good movie. I agree. I feel, my opinion on Apocalypse, I think it was a good movie, but it did not match or meet my expectations. I agree with that, but like, there's also a lot of fallacies when you see the movie. So like, if we just, I rather we can start from the beginning when we actually look at it. Hold on, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! I have to preface that because I do get comments all the time from people saying you ruined the movie. So again, watch the movie, then listen to the podcast if you don't want to be spoiled. If you don't care, listen to the podcast, then watch the movie. Either way it goes, you should listen to the podcast. So go ahead, continue. <laughs> so look, when we, when we look at the beginning of the movie, the beginning of the movie opens up pretty nicely. You know, we, we go back to ancient Egypt, there's Apocalypse and his temple. He's talking about like, I need to switch bodies to this dude that has, uh, you know, like Wolverine's basic healing ability. Cause you know, even gods need to upgrade. So it was looking cool showing the four horsemen, even though they didn't say who or what the four horsemen was, but I forgive that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it goes down, temple gets destroyed. He gets locked away, shows, the love of his his patrons and they reference the four horsemen later to which to explain him then that, that it, scene, you know that right. it, it didn't the bible didn't come up with it you know he, he you know the bible got it from him the part i don't like is since this movie is titled apocalypse we really know nothing about his history from that point on that I, I think if they really wanted to make him a staple mm-hmm. which is why i think what they did at the end they would have gave understanding of how he was the first mutant when when we saw the original glimpse of apocalypse way back in the day and what what movie was that like the third one or whatever days of future past days of future past like i thought we were really going to get to start there showing him build his kingdom showing why apocalypse was that dude they didn't really give the reference besides the fact that he had hella powers but they didn't establish his political background why he thought uh, mutants were um, above everybody else and humans were inferior they didn't create enough of a bond where when they did the crap at the end which we'll talk about it wasn't it wasn't so significant they didn't, they didn't make him a character that wanted to be in the universe it almost felt like from the beginning you almost knew without a doubt that they were going to have to kill them all because they didn't, they didn't put that energy 
w the part that I agree that um, I talked to my brother with that I thought was really good was they made every everybody else that you knew who was going to live into that universe with a rich background and a rich understanding. They went to each character, Psylocke, Magneto, Angel, and yeah. gave them why they heard why they needed to have this godlike figure imbue them with power to make them powerful. But not him. I I think they didn't. I think they did that on purpose. And they did that on, mm -hmm. on the purpose of making him mysterious where that when you do bring him into the next movie... Because even though this movie is called X-Men Apocalypse, X-Men's first. It's not Apocalypse X-Men. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. X-Men is the, the focal front, the, 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 the staple of the movie. Those are the ones that the movie is about. X Apocalypse is just a carry-along, side-along. Which, to be as malevolent and as almost omnipotent as he is... Um, I do agree with you to a certain a certain degree that 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 they didn't expound upon his powers or the 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 the, the vast majority of his powers they didn't touch on it as much as I would like them to but I'm holding on to the belief that they will touch on that in the subsequent movies to follow but see then then, then that gets me to worry because they did a all ultimate ender. So if you haven't seen the movie, you know, this, Again, I'm about to tell you the end of the movie right now. So it, it is what it is. is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they did that all ultimate ender. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the showcase of Jean Grey Phoenix connection. The first time they showed the beautiful Phoenix bird. But I, I was I was a little taken back by that. I, I just want to interject that, that I, 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 I yeah. wanted them to save that moment for another movie. Like, because to me, it, it did take away from Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Now, now that was one of the aspects that I was like, you could have held back on that point. It's like when it's like a painter and they have the perfect picture and they just put that one last brushstroke and you're like, Should've if you that. if you didn't do that, it would have been yep. a masterpiece. Now it's just okay. Yep. But not even just that. Like, I, I agree with you. They took away from Apocalypse, but... They disintegrated the man. Like, it, <laughs> like if we're gonna bring him back and we say, you know, he has Wolverine's power, he's gonna he can heal from that. But like, they incinerated all of his ashes, his remains, his everything about him. He doesn't have clones that we know of. And like, come on now. Like they ended him, and they do that, and that's one of the. But problems he did I have, have control movies. over matter. So, so they can maybe find a way, which they do he had the ability universe. to bring his matter back together because we know it's not created or destroyed. That energy is still there. But see, then that makes the whole showcase of the Phoenix pointless. Because if, if, And if, that's why I had a problem with it. It makes it even worse because everything about it doesn't match. You know, it just they could have did like with that in the beginning. I kind of figured that because throughout the whole movie, you know, we, we see there trying to showcase that not only is Jean Grey can't control her powers, but there's a deeper part of her powers. From the first time they had the dream, if you, if you remember mm -hmm. when she was, you know, shaking the whole house during the whole time Apocalypse came out, she had the vision of his future. Yeah, and the destruction of the world. Destruction of the world. And she was burning the walls with her psychic abilities, basically. Mm -hmm. Which was purposing the her Phoenix, Phoenix ability, yeah. So I already knew they were going to do the Phoenix. Or foreshadowing, rather. But mm -hmm. the how they did it, kind of pissed me off because I think the better way they could have showcased her full Phoenix power without you know full flames and everything is when there's a part where Professor Xavier is on the ground 
mm-hmm. you know, having and, a psychic battle. And the astral plane, I, I believe that's supposed to be. Correct. Their, their, yeah. their visualization the yeah. of the astral plane. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's sitting there, like, sobbing, and, you know, he, he's clearly in pain, and, like, they keep doing the back and forth. Her face, his face, her face, his face. Where for a cool minute, you know, like, okay, she's going to help. Why the hell is this taking so long? Yeah. So that took away. I from, felt that way too. It's an, it was annoying as hell. Yeah. Right. You feel like, come on, do something. He even had to beg the actor to help. Yeah. I, I feel that's a writing flaw right there. And then the writing flaw where I figured they wanted to show her being the hero, but they didn't. They couldn't figure out how to do it. The better way to me is her joining him in just the astral plane, not not both planes, just the astral plane, and maybe. Make everything be on fire, you know. Not showing the phoenix form, not showing just that she helped him fight and showcase the phoenix without making it taken away from apocalypse. I would have liked some similar to that aspect, um, which made me get the idea when you were talking about it just now. Is in that same that same scene, in essence, putting him in a psychic cell, mm-hmm. and that's how they defeat him. Which is how they've done before, where they, you know, and so then you have it buys you time because and he's not going to be able to stay in that cell forever. Yeah, and and we know that too. just because he has the power, mm-hmm. so that at that point you would have the ability to say you can bring him back at any point in any movie at any time by saying he escaped he somehow whatever because he has the the he has the ability to manifest more powers. Yep, and so how he come in contact with somebody and he got more powers, Tuna. or he just manifested or, his own powers or, even stronger, he, he, or he had the ability to to just who knows? But there's a plethora of possibilities that and, they could have existed. One, it, he I, still I exists, yours. and you still don't have you still have the ability to highlight the phoenix later. But see, I, I love yours because then they would have had more potential to in, introduce some bad guys that were on par, like you know, um, I, I literally just forgot Nightshade, I believe his mm-hmm. name is, or um, I, I'm I'm literally drawing a blank right now. So to all you fans, I, I apologize. But Professor Xavier's mortal enemy, the other guy that you know was around the same time as Storm, used to control Storm. I just can't remember his name right now. Where you know they already introduced Storm at that time. If they would have showed him, because he was the original. Um, peddler he was a psychic that controlled her so like with your whole thing about the prison if they would have showed him they could have uh, like even walked into the bazaar which they may have and I could have missed it that would have been an instant apocalypse number two where he releases him from the astral plane and they fight again and it would have been a great uh, caveat to previous movies I do think that uh, Sophia Turner uh, who played Jean Grey did a very good job playing um, Jean Grey um, taking uh, g- taking over the mantle um, for Jean Grey. I think she did a very uh, good job, and we all know her as uh, Sansa from Game Sansa of Thrones. Stark. Because uh, a- a- if you don't know, the SonicBreakdown dot com, the Stable Podcast, our Game of Thrones. We we, we like we, we like Game of Thrones too. So, uh, but I'm gonna be real. I really don't fuck with Sansa. I like her now in this season. She's the best. At, but I digress. Back to X Men. <laughs> Um, I think she did a good job as uh, Jean Grey. I I think they did a really good job of the cast of blending um, some of the old cast with the new cast. Um, um, I I, I do want to touch on the introduction of some of the new characters. Right. um, As well as the reintroduction of some of the old characters. I really, really enjoyed Storm. I liked her story. I liked um, how they introduced her. I like how they set up the relationship between her and Apocalypse because it made sense um, that he manipulated her based on 
her idea uh, her idolizing uh, Mystique in essence mm-hmm. I do like that aspect because that is something that is Storm S that would be something that I can see Storm doing because at the end of the day she was powerful and she did walk on that line of between good and bad but she always wanted to do well it was always mm-hmm. with good intentions and then I love that they kept it with kind of her original who Storm was because a lot of times you know they'll change the background of a character and then it's not even close but they kept her as a street urchin where she had to steal and use her powers to make a living and that's why I love that that's one part I did love how they showed Apocalypse connection and love for mutants to a certain extent mm-hmm. because even though he loved you once he found you useless you were no longer part of him kind of like when we saw at the again close to the end of the movie when you failed him you were thrown away like a desperate like who cares like yeah like you know he basically did with um Archangel. Archangel, you ain't nothing like how did you how did you lose i gave you this new and overwhelming power and well speaking of that one thing i did love um about him is that they kind of changed who he was a little bit where the original angel was this pretty boy yeah he they made him a little more dark and more and grungy, more, you know more, what I'm grungy, more 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 on edge than right. I ever remember Archangel ever being. Um, the most edge that he had was the edge against his father. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that element I, I did there. like that element, but again, to me, even then and still now, I thought he was a cool-looking character, but he was weak. He was waste. He was a waste. How they made him was almost a waste because Angel himself and Archangel, whatever way you want to see him, is. He's not that powerful, but, you know, he's integral to Apocalypse. Apocalypse always had him as death as a horseman because of the the bladed wings. But the part that disappointed me, because they, even without his limit, his limited abilities, you can make him hella throw. There was a, there's a part at the end where the, you know, the four horsemen versus the X-Men, which is like building up the 99% of the whole movie, where you thought it was going to be this epic drag-down brawl, to save the world or destroy it, and it wasn't. And it was it wasn't even where it was like, oh yeah, that was cool. It was like, that's I want it? yeah, I wanna I wanna touch on that a little bit later though. Okay. We'll say we'll save that for a little bit later towards the end. Um, but I what I do want to get into is similar to the because one of the things that we talked about in Civil War and that we talked about in Superman versus Batman that I want to make sure we touch on on every one mm-hmm. so that we stay consistent is on the the fact of does the universe or the world that the movies are creating based on the precedents of other movies is still viable and real does does do you feel like the world that they created in this movie is real based on what they set prior because we felt that in civil war mm-hmm. like everything either was you know present it made sense based on prior movies mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman, not so much. This one, I feel like they did a very good job of doing yeah. that, and they yeah. been c- continue to do a good job because I watched. Um, actually, we watched uh, Days of Thunder. Or, I'm sorry, Days of Days Thunder. Of oh my gosh, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone must be talking about me. Uh, <laughs> um, Days of Future Past. Thank you for uh, uh, X Men: Days of Future Past, and that reminded me of how well they connect those yeah. other movies and how well they're trying to make sure that they connect these movies. I felt like they did a good job. One of the aspects that I feel they didn't capture as well was in the school scene. Is with Rogue and Hank, 
they capture that, Rogue? but I mean not Rogue. I'm sorry, G- uh, um, Mystique. Okay, okay, okay. And Hank. Okay. That scene, as as much feelings as Hank has for her, mm-hmm. and how much she understands that and has a resonance of being there because she knows that, I don't feel like they capture that as well as it could have been. Okay. Um, okay, but I mean, okay, the, the, and they never explained the because when they left the when they left the last movie, it was the other Jean Grey and Scott as adults. Yeah, they, they you know never, what I'm saying. So like, I understand that I get we're back in time, somewhat. But if we're back in time, that means at that point they already beat Apocalypse. And that means Archangel, like there's something, there's something that's not you right about those connections. Yeah, there's something, there's there's something in there that's but, missing or that wasn't. That there's a there's an inconsistency in that portion. Or it could be that it's waiting for uh, Wolverine, because uh, you know one thing that's showing it Wolverine. If if you think about it now, though, again I'm gonna go kind of a little bit more. Yeah, they were further behind because he escaped. Yeah, and remember the whole future past timeline is technically. The same time frame as that future apocalyptic uh, time period. So, which is why I love. This is why I said that apocalypse. I do give it better than um, Batman Superman because, like you said, everything in this universe is fluid. It yeah. brought references from every movie, even the movies that got rewritten through the time change and shit. Like yeah. they, they brought things in there that's like okay. Like my girl didn't. She she went me to see the movie and. She didn't understand one thing because she missed that one movie. Mm. And that's what I loved about it where it showed everything. It's, it's a story. It's one consistent story that keeps on having different chapters. I agree. The, now, I still I still, I still, still feel that no, no, the on, Avengers are getting it better wait, wait, I, I, than no, X-Men. Hold on. The, the reason why I think it's different is because I think we, um, we kind of talked about this soon about Hugh Jackman being the Wolverine character. Mm-hmm. We know that you know, he loves doing it just because, you know, it's, it's probably an awesome gig, but, you know, he doesn't want to get typecast. It's not what he wants to do for the rest of his life. He doesn't always be known as Wolverine. Yeah. He wants to be known as Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman himself has said he's only doing one or two more movies. Now, if we, if we include that with the movie that just happened, uh-huh. Apocalypse, that's one. And then we say one. Well, that's not even two. considered one because that was a cameo. That's not a full movie. But he's see, counting he, that. He, he, he counts that in all of his movies because he okay. says he's been in there like 10 times, but. So a lot of times it's he's been doing it for 14 years exactly so I think with the Wolverine movie and the, with Apocalypse they show they're killing off Wolverine probably at the end of Wolverine 3 and they're bringing X-23 because we've already seen that mantle. with Sinister yeah. and then the, instead of having Wolverine train the X-Men they're gonna have Mystique they've already shown Mystique in the Danger Room the first time we've ever seen the Danger Room yeah, teaching them true. how to fight so I think that they're going with that different timeline because they know like Hugh Jackman's getting to that point where he's done. I agree. I mean, to me, that's fine, but they need to explain. They never, they never explained at how we got to, because, like I'm saying, if you go from every single Thor, Iron Man, it's uh, it's it's all chronological. There's there's no there's no distinction, which I'm not saying is is. It's, I'm not saying it's better or worse because I do like the fact that they did show that they're including time travel and they're including changing in uh, realities of time and different universes. I, I like that aspect of what X-Men is doing. But if you're going to do it, you have to explain every single... Not, not, well, not every single variation, but whatever, whenever you... Like in this movie, mm. they should have established 
what timeline we're in. But come on, let, let's be honest. We remember watching the old X-Men cartoons and even reading the old X-Men comic books. The timelines are convoluted and confusing as hell no matter what no, because I, of... And, but so I, that, that, I, I feel like it's, it stays into that realm of confusing shit but, out of you. But that's... But this is this is your ability to change what was like in the comic books. Yeah, you're you're bound by parameters. You have to come up with a new comic book every month, every week, every you know whatever your timeline is. So that does give you a restraints on, you know what we can parse out because with the movies you're determining the timeline. I agree. So if it takes you five years to figure out how to make this make sense, you take that time. You take that five but, years. But you try to get it done within a time range that satisfies your fans. I get that. One thing I think you're missing out on. But I, I feel like that they could have established. They could have easily set the time, the 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 the, the framework of the time frame but, of saying of of referencing even the last one and saying yeah, yeah. with I, Xavier I, saying to Wolverine, "Let me explain what happened." And then as he's explaining what happened, he goes into this part. I still think the you know part what I'm saying? that you're missing. Yeah, I agree with you, but I still think the part that you're missing is there. When we, when we think about the Avengers, if we're trying to really compare the Avengers to X-Men, the Avengers, we're going with individual characters. Iron Man in all his movies. Yeah, they're going Thor in all his movies. X-Men is always a X-Men, team. It's a team. And then even when we have our individual standalone movies, they still have to connect. So if we think about right now, just in the Marvel Universe, the things that have standalone. We know Wolverine, new movie coming out in about a year and a half. We okay. know they tried to do a Gambit. Some things happened. They're still thinking about doing a Gambit. We know they're thinking about doing a Mystique movie. We we waiting on that as well as we have to. Wolverine's the only standalone movie so far. Disagree. Deadpool. Deadpool's not an X Men. But he does join the X Men at times. No. And he's yes, he, he he doesn't join the X Men. He helps. He works with them. And then but they're he's also, still not an X. He doesn't consider himself an X Men though. Of course he's not. He's so that's what I'm saying. So but it's not a standalone. Also think that's about a whole different the end of the act that when they brought Cable, which is a direct person in the X Men universe. We already had two movies. That talked about time travel. So I think that next Deadpool movie is either going to be real X-Men rich or it's going to have Deadpool making a cameo in an X-Men movie. But that still doesn't explain my fact of that they should have explained what timeline that they're in. But that again goes back to the point why but, I don't give it a high rating because it does miss. And I agreed with you. But they, my point things. is that they could have. Yeah. they, I just thought about this right now after drinking. So you telling me that these motherfuckers that had months and months and months to figure it out, if you reference the last scene in the last movie, yep. when when Professor X says, we have a lot of talking to do, basically, that basically we have to catch up on history, because my history, Wolverine's history is different history. than your history. Past, and he yeah. goes, well, this is what happened. They could have said that. And then he said, well, we found out, or s- some way segued him to retelling the history about what happened with Apocalypse. So and then they cut into liked, that scene. You would have kind of like right after that, when they did that extra scene with Mystique talking about uh, training them, have maybe Hugh Jackman come into the room and give that little boom, 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 so it had that direct connection. No, I'm talking about in the very beginning. Oh, in the very, very In the very beginning, okay. they reference the last scene of the last movie that they, they produced. Yeah, okay. And so yeah. they show Wolverine walking into the Professor X and he's saying teach you you gotta go teach history and he's like, Well I got you gotta tell me history because my history is different. And then that part Professor X goes Start the movie. He's like that would be he's really like Well I have a lot to tell you. That and it be begins in seventeen yeah. BCE. It's yeah. and then like boom that. that cuts to that scene. So you go Oh, this is all the shit Wolverine missed. This and so when he gets escaped from uh, Alkali, Alkali, Lake. Alkali Lake, at this point, 
So he knows that. And then at that point, they could have had a a quick flashback of back to the scene with Wolverine and Professor X and he having him having the flashback of that moment and saying, that's who they are. That's beautiful. And then go back and finish the movie off as it is. That's beautiful. That could have connected everything. And so you understand the timeline. I love, I honestly, I'm going to say, I'm not going to lie. I love that. If if they would did that, that would have answered and changed my writing for a lot more things. Because like I said, they're missing a lot of parts and that would have been that part. But okay, like I, I've been knocking on it, you know. I've been saying I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> let, let me talk about some of the positives. Yeah, cool? let's 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 go with the positives. Go ahead. Graphics were amazing. Damn, son. Damn, in the background. I would say my positives was Storm. Yep. Psylocke, bro. They Psylocke need to make a standalone awesome. movie of Psylocke because uh, Aaron Rodgers, I'm not disrespecting your boo boo, but she bad. <laughs> and she day. is bad. And they kept and her powers did, consistent. Yeah, she, like, they kept her powers consistent. And boy, was she sexy as Psylocke, man. Woo! I, the minute Ooh. we saw her, I was like, Olivia Munn. If like, you like, don't hey, know, it's Olivia Munn. Let's get it correct. I was like, I was like, when she getting that costume? The minute I first saw, I was like, oh, and they she kept out, I was like, Ooh. the costume was down to a T of what Psylocke's Sexy. costume was in the comic mm. book. Her powers, even her blade looked the same yeah. from the comic book. Which I was, I thought they were gonna do some fake like she was holding a blade, but they didn't know they showed that it was just pure energy, yeah. which was fucking amazing. And how they uh, showed the amplification of it with when, uh, the, with when the apocalypse coming, showing his So speaking of that tuner thing, one of the parts that I thought was. I thought was really a good showcase of who Apocalypse was. Well, two times. First time was when um, Professor Xavier's looking out, trying to find Magneto because he he sees that he hurt and he connects him. He sees he's hurt and he's like, "Oh, bro, I'm so sorry." Da 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 da. And you know, Eric gives you that look, and then he kind of looks towards Apocalypse, and then Apocalypse goes through Eric's mind to go through to get Professor, and he showed that he may not be able to control you, but he can use anything you have. Where that first time he over flooded Professor Xavier's mind to use his mind to, to control to everything cerebro, else. So, um, cerebro. Cerebro. Yeah. yeah, and then he, he disarmed him. And I will say the part that tripped me out because I thought he was going to really try to, you know, rain them all back down. And then, you know, Professor X was going to, like, just stop him. I liked how he said, like, you know what? No, I'm going to disarm y'all and then destroy everything anyway. I wanted to make sure you can't even fight back in any capacity against me. Yeah. And that showed the the true arrogance, the intelligence, as well as the strategy of Apocalypse. I'm gonna take you out before you ever have a chance to even try to mess with me. No, I agree. Um, I do want to quickly say, just like you, the movie didn't live up to its expectations for me, but I still think it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to uh, mention the the positives. Like I said, I think uh, the introduction of Storm was amazing. Yeah. Um, I think the 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 character choice for Storm was, or the casting choice for Storm was amazing too, mm-hmm. which is Alexandra Ship. Um, yeah. I think she was really, really, really good at Storm. She captured the essence of Storm. Um, Olivia Munn again, she did a great job as um, Psylocke. Uh, Sophia Turner did a great job as Jean Grey. And I do again want to mention Evan Peters. Uh, I mm. do, I really do think he's a really, really good actor. Um, I the first things that I seen him in prior to X Men was uh, American Horror Story, um, and and every season that I've seen him in American Horror Story, he has memorable roles. Mm. They're very different. They're very um, distinct. 
but they're very memorable. Again, and like I told you in previous uh, podcasts, my definition of a good to great actor is somebody that can play multiple roles and make you believe that they're there, that role when you know that they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and every role that I see him in, I, I believe him. Um, I believed he was Quicksilver. I believe that he he was that arrogant, that cocky, that um, still introspective because that's another th- aspect. I feel like they really captured his hesitance of wanting to declare his father versus not declare his father versus let his father know things of that nature like that you can see you can see in his face and his facial expressions even in the scene with him and um uh, and mystique um at that scene with magneto that he really wanted to say it and you saw that resonant that 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 that, that, that him wrestling with the thought of should i say that you know you're my dad should i not and he chooses not to but like that to me those are the little things to me that capture and then to me make movies better than they are it's like I, I said I, in first class that scene that. with the turning of the, the rotation like those are the scenes that say that to me that goes this makes it no longer just a comic book movie it makes it a good movie, movie. And because then, that's attention to detail of relationships because the stories are about so relationships exactly you, you know that they had to give him once again his speed scene yeah, I. That's why I said again. I said one of the best. And it was dope. It, it was. It was awesome. so dope. It it showed, it showed his whimsical side of not taking everything so seriously because he's super fast eating food. And I love the music that they choose to play for each yeah. of those scenes. It it just it feels like it captures the moment and it's, it it just seems like it amplifies it. It just oh, it, it accentuates yeah. the moment even so more. Um, and how they made everything make sense based on physics. Yep. You know, if they they're giving, could. if they're getting tossed at this speed, that's why he does everything either so lightly, so uh, not lightly. Put he moves things in just so slightly, up so sets up in advance, so like it, everything makes sense based on physics. But um, with that, I love the emotion where even when he did that, like he, he talked to me, he was talking to Gene Gray as well as some of the other ones later on. He was like, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm so fast, but I still wasn't fast enough. To get here at on time, exactly. So it shows like he re, he respected me various his ability, but he always had that like I wish I could be better. Yeah, that I yeah that 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 thirst for that thirst for for knowledge like I'm not thirst for knowledge but that thirst for perfection. Um, he wants and which I feel makes a a a perfect instance to uh to to kind of give segue that Magneto is his father because Magneto is a perfectionist. From beginning to the end. That's why. So, so him him saying that is like, oh wow, you are really his son. You know, you know how when can people I, I say apologize? that, yeah. I, I, I apologize because I, I just I've been wanting to ask you this since we started this podcast. So I, I want to go back a little bit. I know uh-huh. I know I'm gonna digress a little bit. Okay. I want to go back to Eric or Magneto. Better yes, better for, for those who don't know, Eric is Magneto. And it the, the played by Michael Fast. Fassbender. I just want to yeah. throw that out there. He's an awesome actor as well. In every movie, every movie in. I've seen him in, and he's going to be in Assassin's Creed. You know, we'll probably talk about that. So yeah, most definitely. Um, uh, the thing I want to say when you're talking about great actors as well as great mutant people in this world is when they showed everything about his his connection to his family. Like I loved where I, I loved that it was really a sad moment where he. He got caught. He's like, hey, baby, let's go. We got to get out of here. I told you we would do this. Da-da-da-da. And they got his daughter. And you can, like, his emotional being, you can see he was he was distraught. Where he didn't know, like, should I kill you? 
or should I let it go when he got surrounded by the by the police and he it showed that the the, the, the the utmost he has love for his kids which is goes back to that Pietro but like I ain't gonna lie I was, I was very sad that they killed his other daughter off but it kind of does go back to the comic books where his daughter has died and he's I when did it's done, it was that, like that keychain then that keychain oh, the uh, we, necklace like that 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 moment was like you as a father if you have kids you like that do scene that scene th- I do want to touch on that because I forgot about that scene for a second and that that because I made a list of where I ranked this movie in the the top of all the movies. And when you first said when you first said what you thought about the movie, I was like, dang, I think I might have rated this movie too high. Mm-hmm. But then thinking about those scenes, that scene, bro, did it. That scene did it, because if bro that hit that hit me in my chest, I was like, oh, I was like, woo, woo. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I was like, dang, yeah. yo, that's cold. Like, yeah. bro, he turned himself in, cause like, like he was trying to do the right thing, like. And that doesn't happen in Magneto's yeah, world and, like often. Yeah, that that he like that was like a finding a unicorn. That <laughs> moment was was basically finding a unicorn for uh, Magneto for I'm him to have that level y'all. of compassion I'm just gonna go and just say I'm daughter. just gonna I'm gonna just go. I'm no violence needed. I'm gonna just do this. And especially when he knew he was in the right because they came to him for saving somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Like that and, scene. That scene was beautiful. And the way the. I'm just saying, when y'all see that scene, man, it's, it's a touching scene. You can and the way he puts them, woo, the boy, he portrays is beautiful. Where he like he shows like I, I, my rage, I have to kill you. This this, and then okay, that might look. be my that might be my second favorite scene out of all comic book movies outside of action, outside of outside of action scenes where it really captures where you're like this this literally justifies. Why you're going to do these actions later on coming on, and I know what you're gonna do, but this right here justifies it where it makes him, and it, that's why this movie captured just like uh, um, Days of Future Past, no, no, not Days, uh, First Class captured why he's an anti villain, yeah, not just a villain, an anti villain because but I even love you how see, you see how apocalypse. he has good because even with his introduction to Apocalypse was, was kind of dope because he's like. He, he's going into the, the metal work. <laughs> that was good like, too, yeah. You know, he's like, I can't believe y'all did this. I saved, I, he basically is kind of like, you saved, I saved y'all life and I've been working here and we've been cool and y'all do this to me and then all of a sudden like Apocalypse appears and he's just basically like, bro, I don't care who you are, what you here for, I'm about to kill this man and Apocalypse did with one thing I gave him. He gives him that look like, oh, that's all you want and kills everybody. And then like, it, th- that's why he's such a great actor because um, you know, Magneto made that face like, "Oh shit, okay." What, what, what are you talking about? Like, like, let me let me see what you saying. And you like, and you got all that with no dialogue, with no dialogue. And that's a, that's that's what I'm saying is like that is that's good to great acting. Mm-hmm. Is is captured by the body language, emotions, the scene, and it's also good directing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I need to give uh Brian Singer uh because yeah. yeah. The X Men movies that he directed oh, are good. tend to be the ones that I, I put on on, on the top of my list. Um, so again, let's. I just want to give some of the actors some credit because we always name the the characters but not the actors. 
We got uh, James McAvoy as Professor X. Awesome. We said Michael Passbender as uh, Magneto. Both of them played well off of each other in all three movies. Both they have a nice chemistry between the two. Uh, you got Jennifer Lawrence yeah. as Ma- uh, Mystique, uh, Nicholas Holt as Beast, yeah, uh, Oscar Isaac as Apocalypse. I think he did a great job portraying his his look of Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, he did. Who Apocalypse and was. if you haven't seen this movie, uh, A Most Violent Year, that's a really really good movie, uh, bro. You should check it out. It's it's not it's a gangster movie, but it's it's more of a a more uh, I want I guess psychological. Like you re- not. It's psychological, but it's not. It's really, it's a really good movie. Um, a really, really good acting. Uh, but again, I digress. Um, you got Evan Peters as Quicksilver. Uh, Sophia Turner from uh, Game of Thrones as Jean Grey. Uh, who was Kurt again? Who, who, who was Nightcrawler? Because we haven't. Really Cody Smith McPhee. Uh, he was Nightcrawler. The best Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler felt a little short to me. Um, again. I do want to mention this. Lucas Till, he played Havoc. I did like how they introduced Havoc to bring in Cyclops. But I'm, I, I don't like how they killed him off, though. And he's probably yeah. not dead because this is the X-Men universe. He could, he's probably in a later movie, shoot a beam and come out. But they, they showed his development of being more because one of the things I enjoyed was showing that, you know, he's more powerful now when he destroyed Cerebro. Like, he, he went in. Yeah. He, crap came out of his hands and they showed he's getting more control. But, like, the one thing I keep hating is that killing major monumentous characters that can have way better storylines mm. too early. And he's one of them. I mean, if they get him and they talk about Vulcan, which is, you know, the Summer Brothers. You know, we got Vulcan, we got Havoc, and we got Cyclops, the three Summer Brothers. That That's a whole other storyline you can add, as well as so many more mutants. And if you keep killing them off too soon, we're going to have to keep on having these correction-based movies. And when I mean correction-based movies, I like... Days of Future Past was a correction movie. It was good. And it and for first a purpose, class was a correction movie. Too. And yeah, that's another correction movie with the good movies, but when you have three movies and then you have a movie that changes everything like that, it gets confusing. Yeah. And that's one negative that everyone's always given the X Men universes. There's so many different futures and past and things that are going on where you may watch read a comic book one day and Wolverine's alive and then the next day he's dead and you're not sure what universe or what timeline you're really in. And that that's what I feel that's going to keep on happening if they keep on killing off major people too soon. As well as revealing, revealing things too soon like when we talked about, you know, the Phoenix. Because now, I, I know they want to do a Phoenix movie. They've been luring to that for a hell of years. But, like, they already had to correct her because they did her so wrong in the other, other movies. So that's my fear where they're going to make it something different. All right, I'm getting the the wrap it up B from uh, my producer. You know, if y'all don't get that reference, y'all need to watch some Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so, uh, wrap it up B. Uh, let's let me let, let's jump to before we go into the the movies we want to see coming up. Right. What would you rank this? And I'll give you some time because I I thought about it and I'll go through mine so you can get some time. But the way that I would rank the comic book movies so far, and I didn't, let me see, what do I have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, actually, I have ten. Uh, I do have a top ten. Okay. So, First Class is my number one. Now, are we just doing X-Men movies? No, any comic book movies at all. First Class is number one. 
Civil War, or Captain America Civil War, let me give it his full title, uh, is number two. Days of Future Past is three. Guardians of the Galaxy. I really, really like, I don't, like, I really like that movie. I, I felt like they introduced all the characters. Wonderful for a first movie. Uh, I just, I thought it was funny. I thought it was, I thought it was good. I just, I really liked the movie. Right. Um, so I put that as my number four. Uh, and to be honest, for Guardians of the Galaxy, the reason why I think it is number four is because I didn't know much about the Guardians of the Galaxy prior to the movie, so I didn't have any expectations. Um, but with that, I thought it was good because, again, I learned about all these new characters, which I had some understanding of, but I didn't know much about because I never read any of the comics. But just being a comic book nerd, in essence, I knew I knew enough about it that I knew what was going on before I saw the movie. Um, so Guardians of the Galaxy number four, Apocalypse. I put number five. I put uh, Deadpool. Apocalypse. I put number five is again because they, I feel like they captured the relationships very well with Magneto, with Psylocke, with Storm, with Quicksilver and Magneto, with Magneto and Professor X. I I think they did all that very well, um, which is they similar to uh, First Class. Um, Deadpool is number six. <clears throat> Age of Ultron is number seven. Winter Soldier is number eight. Wolverine is number nine. And Ant-Man is number ten. Uh, Ant-Man, I put number ten just because I thought it was funny. Uh, I can watch it over and over again. Um, shoot, I watched it last night, to be real. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought it was I thought it was funny. Actually, was it last night or the night before? Recently. That's going to be hard because, okay. You don't have to do 10, but just yeah, let me, you let at me least get five. five. I My top favorite, as y'all know, we talked about this before. First Class is my number one out of all the universe's movies. Um, But if we go directly from there, most of my top five in the Marvel-esque universe will probably be in the X-Men. But besides this one is, I actually honestly truly enjoyed the very first Iron Man movie as, like, my number three. Oh, wow. Um, I would put two, that as my number eleven. My number two, I know you don't agree with this, is I I absolutely love without a doubt in every capacity. Deadpool, Deadpool yeah. It's, you put it's, Deadpool Deadpool's number, number three. Number two, like he's my you number, number two. two. Yeah, because uh, what you call my number three? Um, uh, Avengers. Because so wait, 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 wait. You said Iron first Man. First class. We got first class. We got uh, Deadpool. We got Iron Man. We got Avengers, and then um. So you put an Iron Man over Days of Future Past? Yeah, I I loved I loved it though. Because, but to me, it's not in the same category enough because it's a correction movie. It's not an introduction movie to seeing everything it is. It had to correct the mistakes you've already made. And I feel if you have to correct mistakes, then that that can't be the best movie yet because it's correcting something that should have been correct in the beginning. Like Days of Future Past to me, it did, it felt like a correction, but it wasn't because to me it's it introduced. Yes, yeah, the origin. Um, Wolverine would probably be number five. Hmm. And mind you, all you critics out there, you know that that that's a quick and dry list. If y'all actually give me some time, maybe the next uh, one, I can actually go into some of the ones I may be forgetting that I haven't seen. But most of those movies, the things I liked about them, they introduced new characters, they introduced new powers, new things into the universe that were major staples, and that were movies true true word to the comic books than most like uh, Deadpool itself like even though I, I, like I said one of his biggest fallacies they changed his, his backstory which I do hate um, with extreme 
fallacy, but everything else about the movie was there. He broke the fourth wall consistently. He was funny. He he did Deadpool. He showed the the, the length of Deadpool, and I had that's why I have that's to why say I put that. him at one, two, three, put him four, at six. five, six. Yeah, yeah I, I can't because <laughs> he was one of my top favorite people. Okay. So like he what when I went to that movie, I wasn't disappointed about nothing about the like like the only thing I told you I was disappointed about they changed him from being part of the Weapon X project. Or what it looked like part of the Weapon X project. Okay, so moving forward based on Apocalypse, what are you looking forward to or what are you hoping to happen moving forward? I'm, I'm hoping for them to kill off Wolverine and uh, introduce um, X-23 in the next you know, uh, Wolverine movie. I love Wolverine to death, but you know, even in the comic books, all the comic books, he's dead. So we, we do need to introduce the next X-23, which would be awesome, as well as that universe or at least some concepts of that. I am still truly hoping for that Gambit since Gambit is one of my favorite characters in that universe. I hope that Channing Tatum debate and, and director debate can get, get done. Um, I am hoping and they do a Mystique, but I hope they do a correct version of Mystique where they introduce who her kids are. So they do they give you the rogue, they give you more of Nightcrawler's backstory as well as then they can introduce, you know, this is not one of her kids, but Scarlet that, Witch. The real Scarlet Witch. <laughs> I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think because so Because Nightcrawler, they've already established. Mm-hmm. And they made it clear that they both don't know each other. Yeah. But that that was true for most of all the X-Men series in comic books. Nightcrawler did not know that Mystique was his mother. Yeah, Nightcrawler, did, Nightcrawler didn't know, but Mystique always knew. She just acted yeah. as if she didn't. Of course. But she didn't even give... Even acting wise, she gave no indication. But we can go back him. to that concept of she, you know, we, we in a rich universe. She could have got her memories wiped. She got got clean. I mean, one of the main viewers that helps her out is another psychic that helps control Scarlet Witch, so she can technically get rid of it. I don't see that happening, yeah. but they still have I, the ability. I'm hoping for a Psylocke movie, I or doubt it. or but I would like for that. her to be introduced more in the universe, more more vividly, more strongly, more in depth. Because I really, really like Psylocke, and yeah. there's not, there's a lot known about Psylocke, but there's also a lot that's not known. To where I feel like they can create and expand and give you more, more. Because if you don't have much established about that character, but it's a dope character, then yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like you can build upon that and make a unique, creative, dope storyline. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at the end of this movie, they introduce Mister Sinister to. The, exactly. end, the ending so with that I mean I feel she like she teams up with Psylocke or he, he uses, uses her as, as, yeah. as a brief but it also goes into you know him always trying to make the perfect human so like I am kind of hoping they keep with Mr. Sinister because that brings the Savage Lands that brings mm. so much depth into this universe where a lot more could happen so I am hoping that the next full X-Men movie not the little spinoff has um, the main bad guy is Mr. Sinister because he's he's an awesome, crazy, creepy, weird mutant. What other? Uh, so now that we we kind of wrapped that up, what movie? Are you, what movies Suicide are you looking Squad. for? Yeah, without a doubt, no no question <laughs> asked. Like, I'm I'm looking forward to Suicide Squad, but I'm like I'm kind of over it, bro. Because it's it's been on the radar it's so been, long. Like, bro, it's been forever, like forever. Like I saw Suicide Squad previews. Before I saw Batman vs. Superman, before I saw Civil War, before I saw Apocalypse, and I seen all three of those motherfucking movies already. <laughs> like, were, and I saw the previews for Suicide Squad before all of them, bro. If we talking about the Marvel DC comic book universe, what movie are you waiting for? 
Thor Ragnarok or just Black Panther? <laughs> <laughs> you know, nigga. Just Black Panther. Black Panther all the way. That's it. Like, I mean, Thor, when it comes out, yeah, I'm going to see it. But it's like, eh. like, it's not even, eh, it's like, I haven't seen previews for it. I know what it's somewhat about. Mm. Like, I can't get juiced about it because I haven't seen previews for it. So when the previews come out, and I hope they wait. Because if they do what they did with Suicide Squad, you're going to get the same ass reaction <laughs> from me. Like, oh, I seen this a year later, girl, and I still haven't seen the movie. Like, bro, it's been forever. I saw Will Smith in freaking uh, Deadshot's uh, character costume for, like, ever. <laughs> when am I going to see the movie? Okay. Well, when is the movie coming out? What about the potential um, Harley Quinn getting her own individual movie? Man, fuck that shit. I need to see Suicide Squad first. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta see Su- Like real I have to see Suicide Squad first Before I can be excited About seeing Any other person That's in that, in that movie, movie Having a solo spot I feel it So we gonna wrap it up Cause again I'm getting that Wrap it up beat Sign So um I just wanna say Thank you again For checking For rocking with The Stay Woke Podcast You know We passionate about These movies We passionate about The podcast We passionate about The music man We just really Trying to give you guys uh, A unique perspective uh, our perspective on on all of these issues and all these uh, different topics, and hopefully you rock with it. Um, uh, if you do, please tell your friends, tell your family. Um, we're trying to make this as big as we can, and we only could do that with your help and your support. Um, so you know, subscribe, follow uh, the Stay Woke podcast on iTunes. Uh, that helps a lot. Um, leave comments. Um, on the uh, the signingbreakdown dot com, we have a, a donation button. If you donate, you know all of those funds that are in the no- donation page. I promise you, go a hundred percent to the website to either maintaining the website or helping make the website better for you guys. Um, that that that's the purpose of the donation page is to you know we want to eventually make a video cast, you guys. So we gotta buy a video camera. You know we want to get the best one for you guys. So donating will help get us that stuff. Um, again, we got the reviews that are coming out on the SonicBreakdown.com under the breakdown page. We got the Stay Woke podcast, which you're listening to now, and you got the You See Me videos, which we have excellent videos up on YouTube, as well as on the SonicBreakdown.com, which you can watch on uh, the Terrence Barn performance that he did in San Francisco. Uh, Ready, you were at that uh, concert as well. That that was yep. a, it was a dope concert. It was, um, it was hella fun too. I had. No, too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it it was dope. Uh, again, I do want to say, based on that concert, you should check out Rose Gold. Uh, she's a really, really good singer. Um, uh, she was performing there. She has a song with Terrence Martin called "Thinking About You" or "Thinking of You." I'm sorry, um, which we have a video of on the You See Me page. Uh, and I I do want to add. I want you to, if you can, check out my boy uh, Mark Clark. He has a SoundCloud page. Um, he's dropping some new music. Uh, we got Universe. He he's also on SoundCloud. You can check out his music. Um, and then we got another guy, uh, Rosie Rothschild. Um, he he has an uh, LP that's on iTunes called um, "An Only Child." Um, you should check that out as well. Um, he has a video coming out soon. Um, we helped uh, support that video, um, so you should see our the Sonic Breakdown logo in that video as well at the end. Um, so again, thank you again for listening to the Stay Woke podcast. Check with us again. We'll have um, some more podcasts coming up soon. Uh, You know the motto. Live, love, and above all, listen to some great music.